Did you know that there is a direct link between our melting polar ice caps and increased volcanic activity? There is also a link between shrinking buffalo, faster growing trees, and fewer tasty beers coming out of Belgium. And why is the king crab invading Antarctica when they were never seen there before? Almost on a daily basis, we hear about the effects of climate change, heat waves, droughts, and flooding, increased intensity and frequency of storms. These are just some of the more obvious effects of climate change, but there are also a whole host of other less obvious things. And this is what I want to discuss in this episode called 12 Unexpected Consequences of Climate Change. Welcome to the Adventures in Sustainable Living podcast. Your host has lived an off-grid, sustainable lifestyle for over 20 years. His homestead is run on solar energy. He has an earth shelter greenhouse and produces much of his own food. And all of this takes place in the middle of the forest in Colorado. Now, let's join Patrick, the man that not only teaches the skills of sustainable living, but lives that life every day. Welcome back, everyone, to the Adventures in Sustainable Living podcast. This is your host, Patrick, and this is episode 58, which is called 12 Unexpected Consequences of Climate Change. In some of my previous episodes, I discussed in depth about our use of fossil fuels and the conversion to renewable energy sources. But what most people do not realize, much less think about, is that fossil fuels are actually renewable. It's just that in geologic timescales, those fuels are not renewable during the lifespan of anyone on this planet. In my last episode, Life According to the Weather, I talked a little bit about our need to make some changes in our culture. And specifically, what I said was, But like the tanker ship that takes 15 minutes to stop, and the locomotive that takes over a mile to come to a stop, the inertia of our society is not going to stop in an instant. Yet we need to desperately take steps to put the brakes on because it will likely take decades to come to a full stop. And similarly, and I quote directly from the NASA website, on the effects of climate change. The effects of human-caused global warming are happening now, are irreversible on the timescale of people alive today, and will worsen in the decades to come. Now that adds a lot more meaning to something that I said back in episode 6, which is the fact that sustainability comes down to the kind of future that we are leaving the next generation. But other than the obvious effects of climate change, such as more intense storms and more frequent heat waves, there are also a lot of lesser known and very interesting consequences of warmer temperatures, some of which you will actually find surprisingly pleasant and others not so much. So most likely, All of us have heard something about the melting polar ice caps 
which results in rising sea levels. But much fewer people realize that glacial melt on such a scale can result in more volcanic activity. Now the Antarctic ice cap contains about 85% of the world's ice, which is about 80% of all the fresh water on Earth. The estimated weight of this ice cap is 27 million billion tons. So take a billion tons and multiply that by 27 million. This is substantial enough to actually weigh down the Earth's crust and it prevents underground volcanic magma from reaching the surface. But as the ice caps melt, all of this weight shifts from land to water. And what this means is that eventually the oceans could actually weigh more than the actual land masses. And consequently, this shifts the weight and pressure on underground magma, which could result in more magma reaching the surface and thus more volcanic activity. There is evidence of this phenomenon in rock records at several points in Earth's history, with rock remnants showing more abundant volcanic activity correlating with periods of glacial melt. But the good news is that people in the 21st century probably will not experience this shift because there seems to be a lag of about 2,500 years. But what about the trees that are growing faster? Researchers from a university in Germany have noted that the trees in Europe are growing faster and apparently tree growth has increased by as much as 70%. Now there are several possible explanations for this phenomenon but most researchers agree that this could be due to increased levels of carbon dioxide in the atmosphere. And additionally, warmer temperatures are another factor and up to one degree Celsius, which is about 1.8 degrees Fahrenheit. The warmer temperature also results in a longer growing season. And certainly one beneficial effect of this is that the trees actually absorb more carbon dioxide. But what about the shrinking buffalo? Joseph Crane, as well as other researchers, have been documenting bison diets on the Great Plains region and on conservancy preserves. And what they have noticed is that bison in more northern regions, on average, weigh 227 kilograms more than those who live in the southern regions. So that is roughly about a 500 pound weight difference. But what we do know is that when grasslands warm, the grasses and other plants actually accumulate less protein. And consequently, the bison are forced to eat a diet that is less nutritious. The end result is that the average bison could begin to weigh much less. And this same phenomenon has been noted in the chamoy, which is sort of a goat antelope type thing if you will that is native to the mountains of Europe but they have also been introduced to the South Island of New Zealand. Researchers have noticed that since the 1980s these alpine goats lost an average of 25% of their body mass. Apparently over the last 30 years 
the alpine range for the chamois has warmed by 4 degrees Celsius, so about 7.2 degrees Fahrenheit. And consequently, they spend more time enjoying the nice sunshine and less time looking for food. The co-author of this study, Dr. Stephen Williams, stated this could also affect agricultural production. But how can climate change actually affect the beer production in Belgium? Well, for the beer connoisseurs of the world, I have some bad news because it can and does. There is a centuries-old tradition for brewing beer in Belgium through a process called spontaneous fermentation. This is done by leaving the brew exposed to the natural air so that it is exposed to wild yeast. This is much of the same process when it comes to making a sourdough starter. If you do it the natural way, you simply leave it open and exposed to the air so that it is contaminated, so to speak, with local yeast in your particular area. Last year, Canteon, which is considered by many to be one of the world's greatest breweries, was forced to stop production of this annual process due to nighttime temperatures being too warm. So why are the crabs invading Antarctica, and in particular the king crab? Little did I know, the king crab inhabits all of the world's oceans except Antarctica. That is, until now. Researchers have now documented for the first time the presence of king crabs on the Antarctic's continental shelf. But the problem is that the Antarctic shelf has been isolated for millions of years and it is home to some very unique marine habitats. But since waters are warming, the king crab is truly invading and could do substantial damage to the ecosystems. But while the king crab is busy invading Antarctica, there are some other changes occurring in the oceans. As the sea ice melts earlier and earlier, more sunlight reaches the ocean floor for longer periods of time. And this means that the inhabitants of the seafloor, such as worms, sponges, and other invertebrates, which are accustomed to living in darkness, are actually being exposed to more sunlight. The result of this is that more plant life will invade and crowd out and smother the invertebrates. And over time, there would actually be a shift from an invertebrate-dominated community to an algae-dominated community. And the end result would be a drastic decrease in biodiversity. And another unexpected change is that more sediment and organic matter is making its way into the oceans. And this is partially the result of runoff from increased rain as well as sediment being dumped from glacial melt. The increased murkiness would likely happen along coastal regions and estuaries, but the challenge is that this is the area where many fish and birds find food. So less visibility means a decrease in the ability to hunt by sight. And this means that fish and bird populations would decline, as has been seen in parts of Norway. Now, 
you would not think that warmer temperatures would actually alter desert soil in any way, but it actually has. Furthermore, you would never think there could possibly be endangered dirt, but there is. But what I am talking about is called cryptobiotic soil. This is a type of soil crust that takes 5,000 to 10,000 years to form. It looks sort of like a bumpy layer of crust on the desert floor. The crust is actually formed by cyanobacteria, which is actually one of the oldest forms of life known to man. As the slow-growing bacteria move through wet soil, it forms this complex web of sticky fibers which helps to hold the soil together. And after a while, other organisms such as lichen, moss, and fungi, as well as other bacteria, also begin to set up house and thrive. This layer of crust is important in a number of ways because it helps to prevent erosion, it holds in moisture, and improves nutrient cycles. And without it, plant and animal life could not survive. And in fact, when this soil is damaged, as happens with human invasion, such as with recreational vehicles or even just hiking, the soil takes hundreds and even thousands of years to recolonize and reform. Despite their ability to survive in harsh conditions, the cyanobacteria may not be able to survive the heat of global warming. And one of the functions of cryptobiotic soil is to actually slow down the spread of the desert. So if this type of soil actually dies, we could actually see the deserts around the world start to expand. So if you're like me and you spend a lot of time outdoors, I do enjoy hiking in the desert and the next time you visit the desert environment, be careful to watch out for this type of soil. It's actually very, very pretty and very interesting to see, but it is also very, very delicate. Now that I have mentioned the loss of beer production, I have to mention the loss of something else. You know, I have very few vices in life, but one of them is coffee. Every morning, I so enjoy starting my day with a couple of cups of coffee, and I even have several different blends in my cabinet so I can pick and choose what I want. But all of that could someday come to an end. I know it sounds silly, but I hope that does not happen in my lifetime. But here is the problem. Latin America is home to five out of the world's top 10 coffee producers. And this is due to the perfect conditions of temperature, light, and humidity in what is known as Latin America's coffee belt. Now this is good for their economy because demand for coffee is growing and the coffee industry employs more than 14 million people across Latin America. However, due to decreasing coffee prices and invading pests due to climate change, all of that could be changing. It is predicted that rising temperatures may reduce the area suitable for coffee production by as much as 50% by the year 2050. 
Furthermore, due to the invasion of a fungus that's called rust, coffee production may decrease even more. Now, this problem was first noted in Sri Lanka in 1869, and this country used to be a major world coffee power until the island was invaded by a fungus which causes the coffee leaves to rust and it completely ruins the plants. In less than 20 years, the fungus had spread around the world, and by 1970, it had spread to Brazil and Latin America. By 2012 and 2013, Costa Rica, Honduras, and Guatemala declared a state of emergency. More than half the coffee plants in the area were destroyed. But there is no cure for the rust fungus, but it is possible to prevent it. However, that is becoming more and more difficult to do as temperatures continue to rise. But while the loss of coffee certainly will not be the end of the world, there are other things that can and will affect people in more serious ways. Due to warming temperatures, some scientists are now worried about the creation of a tick paradise. One study revealed that warmer temperatures increased tick production by two to five times in Canada and up to twice as much in the United States. Lyme disease has also expanded dramatically over the past 15 years. And this was once thought to be the result of an overabundant white-tailed deer population, but more recent studies have focused on the loss of predator populations that eat the white-footed deer mice that are a prime host for these ticks. Warmer temperatures means more ticks, which in turn means more tick-related diseases, such as Lyme disease. Another unexpected effect of climate change is a worsening allergy season. According to a report published by the Union of Concerned Scientists, warmer temperatures act like miracle grow for weeds. A combination of warmer temperatures and longer growing seasons, pollen-producing weeds will thrive. So the concern is that with an earlier start to spring-like temperatures, there will be more pollen for longer periods of time. Ragweed in particular grew faster, flowered earlier, and produced significantly more pollen. And in fact, scientists are now finding what they call megaweeds, growing as much as 20 feet tall. And some models even suggest that pollen levels could more than double by the year 2040. And as if that is not enough, scientists also predict there will be a huge increase in the number of cases of E. coli-related diarrhea. New research that has recently published in the Journal of Infectious Diseases found that E. coli-related diarrhea increased by 8% for every 1 degree Celsius increase in temperature. This is something that already affects millions of people around the world, leading to severe illness and even death, especially in infants. Now, just one last but very interesting thing I want to mention is directly related to how increasing temperatures actually affect the way we function on a daily basis. 
the simple fact is that the weather affects how we go about our daily duties and how we go about our daily lives. Recent research suggests that rising temperatures and fluctuating precipitation are actually causing an increase in clashes between people such as fistfights and brawls. This is because heat changes the way people think and feel. It increases anger as well as thoughts of aggression. But heat also affects our ability to function. Increased heat actually reduces employee productivity, but it also reduces test scores in certain subjects. It affects sleep quality, mood, mental health, and the risk of suicide. And with increased temperatures, the number of fatal traffic accidents also increases. But you will be happy to know that one bit of research on this topic also noted that with increased temperatures, it is much less likely you're going to get stopped for a traffic violation. You know, in producing this episode, I of course looked at numerous articles on the unexpected effects of climate change and I came across so many interesting things but decided to limit the production to just 12. But I do have links in the transcript to other articles that talk about fewer invasive ants, reptiles and amphibians ignoring their chromosomes and changing sexes halfway through their life and growing lady parts. There are things that talk about deteriorating mummies more lightning, disappearing beaches, and much, much more. But as I have said before, I recall starting to hear about possible climate change when I was a teenager, and at the time, I thought that sounded really interesting, but I will never see that in my lifetime, but once again, I was wrong. But at this time, the trend is very clear. Most experts agree that global temperatures will continue to rise through the end of this century and beyond, possibly by as much as 4.5 degrees Celsius, which is roughly the equivalent of 6.2 degrees Fahrenheit. Now, that may not sound like much of a difference, but what you have to realize is that this is a very unusual event in the history of Earth. Earth's climate record is very clear, which is recorded in tree rings, ice cores, and even in coral reefs, and it reveals that average global temperature is actually relatively stable over long periods of time. But what this natural climate record also shows is that small changes in temperature often result in enormous environmental changes. So for example, at the end of the last ice age, the average global temperatures were only five to nine degrees Fahrenheit cooler than they are now, so that is a difference of about 2.3 degrees Celsius. However, this was also when the northeastern United States was covered with over 900 meters of ice, which is roughly 3,000 feet. So as you can see, even a small change produces a significant degree of difference. Now, there is no doubt 
that we live in a rapidly changing world. Even I learn more and more about this as I do research for podcast topics. But what I try to encourage is further reading beyond what I present in each episode. And this is why I typically have a long list of references. So one thing that I occasionally do in my episodes is to present a problem and then try to provide the solution. Obviously, I cannot do that when it comes to climate change. And this episode was primarily about some interesting and unexpected effects of what we now observe in our world. But what I do encourage my listeners to do is to simply go back and listen to some of my previous episodes on the value of simplicity, self-sufficiency, learning to do without so much excess in your life, waste not, want not, carefully consider what you purchase, and always focus on being more sustainable and learning more about doing things for yourself and not depending on someone else, especially the government, to take care of you. I sat and watched a very interesting documentary just the other day, and it was about an ancient culture from a thousand years ago that spent a couple of hundred years constructing buildings that were perfectly aligned with the cycles of the sun and the moon. So in essence, it was their calendar. Yet these are the same people that in modern times would have been viewed as illiterate savages. Yet it cannot be denied that they were far more attuned to the cycles of the natural world than anyone in modern times. And sometimes I think what we all need to do is take a step back in time and revert more closely to the practices of our ancestors. Maybe then we will pay more attention to the cycles of nature that actually sustain us all. But then again, unless we put the brakes on the direction in which our society is now traveling, there may come a time when you have no choice but to live with the cycles of nature, or as I have said before, live life according to the weather. So that's it for this week, folks. I hope you have enjoyed this episode on 12 Unexpected Consequences of Climate Change. And if you have, then don't forget to subscribe to the Adventures in Sustainable Living podcast, as well as my companion blog, Off Grid Living News. This is your host, Patrick, signing off until next time. Always remember to live sustainably because this is how we build a better future.